0: either going to love me or you hate me. Now that is an introduction right there. That is an introduction. Isn't it good tonight to be in the presence of the Lord? I guarantee you, I'm not going to mention any names because I'm not for sure because I wasn't there. I'm here. But I guarantee you there's some folks that went to church today that left the very same way they came. But that's not the case here. Now, I'm not here to cause trouble. What did you say? I'm shocked. I'm not here to cause trouble, but either either I'm taking y'all's praise team with me to Madisonville or I'm moving to Mount Carmel. One of the two. One of the two. Okay, it's time for y'all to be done. I give honor tonight to Bishop and Sister McGee. They've been my friends. We've been friends. Even though she doesn't remember me being there on the day of her surgery, we've been friends for years. Brother McGee, Bishop, how many years? Any idea? Forty? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't count that far. I'm sorry? Is it? <laughs> to brother and pastor and sister McGee, they are special to me. And um, I'm thankful for friends. Here's something you don't realize. Or maybe you do. Pastors don't, they're not allowed to have very many friends. And I know that that may sound, well, I'm his friend. You are his friend with reservations. Because he can't be your buddy and your pal and be your pastor. So there's a little bit of a barrier there. But I feel at home here. Um, you may think that I'm like this all the time, but I feel like I can get away with stuff here that I can't get away with anywhere else. I'm on. I was waiting for, for a pastor to say amen, but he's giving me this. Oh. <laughs> You're waiting for it? Might as well get it over with then. I don't want to pull my britches up too far. That might... Anyway, if you can read this, bring me a Diet Dr. Pepper. Okay. No, I wore them. And you got to understand, I'm not wearing them the way they're supposed to be worn. If you wear them the way they're supposed to, but you can't read it. So I backed it around and the heels on top. But if you can read this, bring me a diet, Dr. Pepper. There's no place else on the face of this earth that I'll take my shoes off and show you my socks. No, not even at home. Not even at home. But I appreciate the care, the room, The facilities, uh, the basket, we'll be eating on that basket forever. Then tonight I got some jelly and I got some tomatoes and I got some salsa. All of that will be gone before my wife knows about it. It's going out in the building, my little cave, you know, man cave. But the food, I got a glass that's got a bunch of adjectives on it that's not the will of God. I am convinced that if God has a refrigerator, Pastor Paul McGee's picture is on the front of it. I'm convinced that he is a man among men, a champion among the champions. And um, I'm going to get on Facebook tonight or tomorrow and tell everybody... I know Paul McGee, Jr. And I would think that probably my schedule will fill up just because. If you have your Bibles tonight, go to the book of Lamentations, the first chapter. Now, y'all took a long time tonight. Y'all took a long time. Now, I understand that, you know, services peak and come down. I understand that. But if you'll give me 30 minutes, and you're not used to that, I listen to y'all's, I listen to this preaching. Y'all aren't used to 30 minute sermons. Your picture's on the front of God's refrigerator. <laughs> if you'll give me 30, and I take 30, I'll get done. Lamentations 1 and 8. Jerusalem hath grieve, grievously sinned, therefore she is removed. All that honoreth her despise her, because they have seen her nakedness. Yea, she sigheth and turneth backward. Her filthiness is in her skirts. She remembereth not her last end. Therefore she came down wonderfully. She had no comforter. O Lord, behold my affliction for the enemy hath Magnified himself. The adversary has spread out his hand upon all her pleasant things, for she has seen that the heathen entereth into her sanctuary, whom thou didst command that they should not enter into thy congregation. I want to go back to that ninth verse. O oh Lord, behold my affliction. Anybody have any afflictions tonight? Let me, let me preface that with this. Is there anybody fortunate enough tonight to only have one affliction? You see, I can handle upside down. I'm used to that. But it seems like now it's upside down and inside out at the same time. Oh Lord, behold my affliction for the enemy hath magnified himself. Just for a moment or two, I want to preach to you magnified and exaggerated. Magnified and exaggerated. Bishop, would you do me the honor one more time tonight? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Thank you for honoring me and the reading of the Word. In the beginning of this chapter of Lamentations, we find that Jeremiah is weeping over the captivity of Judah. His heart is sad. He is of a broken and of a contrite spirit. And in the third verse... Jeremiah states that Judah is now dwelling among the heathen. He paints a sorrowful picture of no attendance in the solemn feasts. You understand that the feast was not something that you elected to go to or not go to. You best be there. It was a law. It was a rule. It was a commandment. But there were some that, I know y'all don't know anything about this, but there were some that was just going to do what they wanted to do, when they wanted to do it, and how they wanted to do it. There was some that was just going to say, you're not going to tell me what to do. That's Kentucky stuff, not, not Illinois. And Jeremiah paints... A sorrowful picture, he even states that Judah's gates are in desolation. He states that the high priest's sign, uh, they sigh, and her virgins are afflicted. Jeremiah goes on to use these words that Judah or the church is in Bitterness. And the weeping prophet proclaims that Judah's enemies are great. All of Judah's children are gone and living in captivity. And Jeremiah cries that the daughter of Zion has lost her beauty. Jeremiah proclaims that the princes have no strength. We've got to realize that Jeremiah is describing Judah and in uh, Judah in captivity. And you and I, we need to understand that the, that the definition that Jeremiah uses to describe Judah is very applicable to the church world of 2021. I'm telling you that, 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 that we as pastors, we as, as saints, we as church members, we're fighting battles tonight that I didn't think we would ever have to fight. We're dealing with issues today that I didn't think we would ever have to to deal with. And there's attitudes now. It's one thing for you and I to disagree. If I hang around here long enough, and if we fellowship long enough, there's going to be something that we don't see eye to eye on. But that doesn't mean that it's time for me to be rude or crude or smart mouth. You know what it means? It means it's time for us to come to an agreement and to keep on serving the God, a man that is never going to leave us or forsake us. I have a a man in my church. His name is Brother Tate. Some of you know him. Some of you know him well. He is without a doubt my right hand. Uh, next week, they're having pastor appreciation. I hope he's not listening. Next week, they're having pastor appreciation. They do that every October. But next week, they're having associate pastor appreciation. Because he, he, he takes care of everything. He, he's, he's, my, he, he's my right hand. But on three separate occasions... He and I have come to angry words with each other. On three separate occasions, he's been on one side of the fence. Let me rephrase that. On three separate occasions, he's been on the wrong side of the fence. And I was on the right one. Three times we have bumped heads. Three in the right setting it wasn't in front of anybody. It was in private. it was up yonder where nobody heard what we were being what was being said. But on three separate occasions over 18 years we have bumped noggins and and, and we have come to the understanding that just because we don't agree on everything, that doesn't mean that it's time for him to go somewhere or time for me to go somewhere. And as a matter of fact, Our friendship is stronger tonight because of those three occasions than it ever was before that we ever had words with each other. I'm here tonight to let you know that just because I don't agree with you and just because you don't agree with me, we're doing our best to get to the very same place. If that step was just a little bit wider, you understand that as a pastor, I have a responsibility on me that you don't have. Woo! Well, amen, carpet. I am going to answer for your soul. Your pastor, his wife, is going to answer for everything they tell you, everything they don't tell you, every time they they, they make it easy. Your blood is on their hands. His blood is not on your hands. So you got to understand that there's going to be a time that you're not always going to agree with your pastor. Uh, Oh, but thank God he's still putting the trumpet to his lips. Uh, Thank God he loves you anyhow. Thank God he looks past your nakedness. Uh, He looks past your peril uh, and your sword. uh, And he says, come on, join arms with me. We're going to get through this. And when we get on the other side, all's going to be well. Some churches today are dwelling among the heathen. I'm using that because Jeremiah used it. Some churches have solemn feasts that are prepared every week. And folks don't show up. Okay, now I'm coming down there. And if I fall, somebody's going to come get me, right? Okay. And there better not be one person laugh, Malin, not one. She's laying down, look at her, she's laying down in the seat. <clears throat> I wanted to come down here because I wanted to give this to you because after I give it to you, I'm going back up there. <clears throat> I don't know what you do. I'm going to speak for me. On an average, on a Wednesday night Bible study, I'm not talking about Sunday sermon. On a Wednesday night Bible study, I spend anywhere from 8 to 10 hours a week studying for a 35-minute Bible study, 40-minute, whatever it is. He studies longer because... So here I am, 8 to 10 hours, putting a Bible study together. And I go to church on Wednesday night and half the folks aren't there. I know y'all don't have this problem here. I know. So I get up there with the same vigor. I get up there with the same just because half the church isn't there that doesn't stop me from rearing back and letting it go. Wait a minute, wait a minute, because I'm setting y'all up. I'm setting you up. I'm fixing the swing for the bleachers. If you called your pastor, and if you said, hey, come eat at my house Thursday night, you know what you're going to do? You're going to clean that house spotless. We just had... I don't know if y'all know the Mike, Be- Mike and Trisha Bingham. They just came to our house about two weeks ago and stayed for, I don't know, four days. I called him on the phone before he got there and said, Brother Bingham, please don't come. I don't care where you go, but please don't come. I'm so tired of painting. I'm so tired of cleaning. I'm so, t- I, please, just don't come. I'll give you money. Don't come. He came anyhow. They came. How would you feel if you invited your pastor to come eat at your house? You cleaned your house. And now look, if you got pastor coming to the house, you're not going to be giving him bologna and cheese. Now there's nothing wrong with bologna and cheese. But I know what you're going to do. You're going to pull out the filet. Whew. <laughs> you're going to pull out that special dessert that you're known all over the world for? How would you feel after cleaning all that house, painting all the walls that you had to paint, scrubbing on the carpet, getting all that stuff off there, and dusting all the Bibles, getting all the dust off the Bibles? Covering up the TV... what would you do? The food is on the table. The table is set. They're supposed to be there at 6 o'clock. And they don't show. They don't call. I'm calling you. They don't call and say, hey, something really, really bad come up. I'm so sorry. I I can't be there. No, no, they just don't show up. I'm not going. How much more of this can you take before you break? All I'm telling you is simply this. If the man of God prepares a meal for you, you need to be there to hear it. One out. Wait a minute. I've I've been serving God for 40 years. Yeah, and you've got so cantankerous and so set in your ways that every now and then you need to hear what thus saith the man of God for your life. If your pastor is preparing a meal for you, don't stay home. Don't say, well, I got something else to do. Come and drink of the water of life freely. And now I'm done with that. Not really, but I'm done with that. Jeremiah said that I'm going to compare Judah to today's church. The church gates are sometimes found desolate. Did you know that preachers are falling by the wayside? Now you got to understand, I'm sure some of that is sin. I'm sure of that. But it's not always because of sin. Sometimes it's just that the burden is too heavy to be carried. I realize that, that, that there are things that pastors have to deal with because I deal with those things too. But I'm telling you today, there's one man that I want to be my pal, my friend, my buddy, my chum. I want him to come and I want him to open me up spiritually and make me better and that's my pastor. Y'all are blessed to only have one. I've got three. Told y'all that this morning. Some people are so full of bitterness that they can't experience God. I don't care who has treated you wrong. God hasn't. I'd I'd like to say this and I'd like for you to receive it in the proper context that I mean it. Maybe your pastor has rubbed you raw. Maybe there has been a bumping of the heads. But you got to understand, you can get bitter at him and you can walk out that door and never come back. But guess what? The church is going to keep right on going on. You realize that there is nothing that Satan won't try to convince you of. He's a liar and he's the father of all lies. You gotta realize that all of this stuff are youth, they're being bombarded with choices. See, here's the thing. When I went to high school, and I know that was forever ago, but when I went to high school, my mom and dad was afraid that I was gonna smoke some weed. They was afraid that I was gonna get high on some marijuana. You know what? There's a multitude of people in Mount Carmel that wishes that's all they had to deal with with their kids. I'm not really into this and I'm not really I'm not really kosher in all this, but I'm telling you right now I have got a six foot six, two hundred and eighty pound son that could whoop me at any time he wanted to unless I hurt him. And I told him not so long ago, not, I don't know, five or six years ago, bud, if you ever come after me or your mama, because let me tell you, when you're on drugs, you'll do stuff that you wouldn't normally do. If you ever come after me and your mama, we're going to run until we can't run no more, and then after that, we're going to fight. You, 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 you understand that, 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 that if all I had to work, my, my son's been arrested 13 times. He's been to rehab six times. If all I had to worry about was marijuana, I'd be one happy dad. But we're battling stuff now that didn't even exist when I was in high school. We're battling stuff now that didn't that we didn't have to be concerned with. Amen. Let me tell you this. If you have to battle it, if you've got a pastor worth his salt, he's right there battling it with you. If you're having to struggle with a family issue or with some kind of of a, 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 a situation, thank God for that pastor that is laying on the altar calling your name. Thank God for that pastor that is there when nobody else will be there. So, Satan is a master at showing you all the bad things. All the problems all the hypocrites. Guy told me the other day I would come to church, but so-and-so comes to your church, and I know for a fact he's a hypocrite. I so, said, well, he sure knows how to sing. He didn't sing on the platform, but he sings from the pew. I had the opportunity of saying any evil thing that I wanted to say because he is a hypocrite. But you let me tell you this. There's no hope for him getting right with God out yonder because somebody run him off. But you know what? If he'll keep on coming to church and if he'll keep on feeling the presence of God, who knows, just maybe one day he'll come to an altar and get something that he's never got before. It's not your place to worry about who a hypocrite is and who the hypocrite isn't. You know what? It's your place to do. I'm gonna exalt the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm gonna praise him. I'm gonna magnify him. That will make a difference in a service. Now, I want, you to, I want you to get this. Let me put my glasses on. Watch this. I'm just about done. Satan first appears in the book of Genesis as a serpent. And in Peter's writing, he appears as a roaring lion. In Revelation, John describes him as a dragon. Dragons don't even exist. But that's how he's described. Satan starts out small and consistently enlarges himself throughout this book. So I pose you, I pose to you this question how did that happen? And I've already got the answer before I go any further. It's found in Lamentations 1 and 9. The end where it says, Oh Lord, behold my affliction for the enemy. The booger man, right. Satan, yeah. Slewfoot, right. Lucifer. I don't know what you call him here. We call him all that and a little bit more. But the enemy has magnified himself. Uh-huh. Woo! you need to get with me tonight and understand that to magnify something doesn't make it any bigger. And to magnify something doesn't make it any more powerful. It only means that it appears to be greater than what it really is. Amen. So you and I have got to understand that when the enemy comes and talks in this ear, you... you, Y'all think it's a cartoon. It's not. The good one's on this side, and the devil one's on this side. Y'all think it's Bugs Bunny. Y'all think it's the roadrunner, Wile E. Coyote. It's not. It really does happen. I got a few of you with me, and the rest of you's fibbing. Do it. Don't do it. Do it. Don't do it. Nobody cares. Yes, they do. Right. Nobody will notice. Yes, they will. Right. Let me tell you this. My wife and I, my wife and I was on vacation six states away from Kentucky. We could have been just doing anything we wanted to do because we're six states away. But here's the thing. We're still Christians on vacation. My wife and I. We're still. We're, we're still Christians on vacation. And that day it was good because we saw a fellow pastor from the, from the state of Kentucky, six states away. He walked up to me, you know what he said? Boy, it's a good thing I wasn't smoking a cigar, wasn't it? It was a joke. He doesn't smoke, but that's what he said. I'm going to tell you this. It doesn't matter if I'm six states away and the pastor that I I know from about 100 miles away, if he sees me, it doesn't matter because there's an all-seeing eye in God that is looking at me and watching me and he knows everything that I'm doing. I don't care what a pastor thinks about me. I don't care what a church thinks about me, but I do care what the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, what his definition of me, is so something that is magnified is still the same size it's just made to look bigger it has taken me this long to get right here get your dictionary out and look up the word magnified there's a bunch of definitions but I'm the preacher I get to pick the one I want to use. If you're ever the preacher, you can pick the definition that you want to use. But the one that I liked when I was looking up the word magnified was exaggerated. Exaggerated. Is anybody, don't raise your hand, has anybody ever heard the one on this shoulder say, nobody at that church likes you? They only tolerate you because of whatever. You and I need to understand that the devil will take that little whatever and he will magnify it to the point that you feel like what's the use I might as well quit I might as well just go go and do what I want to do I might as well quit going to church but here's what I'm going to tell you if God be for you uh, tell me who can be against you Uh, I'm glad to know tonight uh, amen that God doesn't have to magnify himself. Uh, He's all that, a little bit of change, uh, and a bag of chips. Amen. Satan has got to lie to you and tell you, I can do this. uh, You've got to understand that the enemy has magnified himself. The enemy has exaggerated himself. So hence my title, Magnified and Exaggerated. Possibly Satan's main weapon in his arsenal is deception. He wants to deceive you by magnifying himself. Oh, you've never had it this bad before. I wanted to grab the microphone this morning and preach. Oh, wait, I did. My brother was up here talking about you can make it through. Let me, let, let, just just let me say this. What are you going to do? Stay home tomorrow night? You know, you know, if you get mad at me, what are you going to do? Stay home? No, I, I'm going to be in Madisonville tomorrow night. Matter of fact, uh, men's fellowship tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. If you want to come, I'll feed you a hamburger, okay? I get this all the time. And as a, I'm not going to say a professional counselor, but as a counselor, There are times that I am sitting on this side of the the table, the desk, and I'm thinking up here. I can't say it, but I'm thinking up here, if that's all I had to worry about, this thing that's got you down in the floor and you're bawling and squalling and you're ready to curse God and die, if that's all I had to worry about, I'm telling you, I would be excited. So, The enemy has magnified himself. The enemy has exalted himself. There's other folks that's going through what you're going through. But let me say this. There's a heavenly host of others that's already made it through to the other side. And they're saying, come on, man. We made it. If we made it, you can make it. You're not in this battle alone. You're not fighting this alone. Not only is God on your side, but we're right here. Come on. One more step. Just take one more step. I didn't think I could do it either, but I made it. I made it. I made it. And come, let me join arms with you. We can make it to the other side. But the enemy has exaggerated himself. The enemy has embellished himself. May I prompt your memory tonight by simply saying he has no no more power tonight than he had when the Lord said... As a matter of fact, the only, uh, really, the only power He has is the power that we grant Him. Because the church is all-powerful. And there's some that is saying that the church won't recover from COVID. You know what that is? Magnification there's many turning away from the church because of fear. You know what that is? Exaggeration. How, have, have, have we forgot who God really is? Can I take a moment that, to remind you that no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. You're not hearing me. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Not COVID, not anything else. You know what I'm going to do? I don't want to get COVID. I sure don't want to. But I can tell you right now, if I do, I'm going to worship my way through it. Or I'm going to give up the ghost and go to a place that I've been preaching and singing about for years. It has hurt me just a little bit that nobody's asked me to sing a (laughs) special. I don't want it to be that I'm sitting over there in the corner somewhere scared to death to get close to my brother or sister. I don't want it to be. I'm I'm, I'm not, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to you about me. I'm not preaching to you about this church or about your pastor. But I'm just going to tell you this. As long as there is breath inside me, and that may end tonight before I go to bed. I don't know when it's going to happen. But as long as there is breath inside of me, I'm going to be magnifying the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If I can get my hands in the air, I'm going to be thanking him for all that he's done. He's never left me. He's never forsook me. He's provided for me. He's kept me when the car was upside down. He's kept me when I was in the hospital. He's took care of my family. He's provided for me when nobody else could. He's put money in. In my pocket when nobody else would amen you think I'm going to turn my back on a God amen that's on, on my side just curse God and die no 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 you're showing me the exaggeration so, so you and I have got to understand that your family crisis it's just magnification your job concerns It's all an exaggeration. Your financial stress, really. I I mean, I can't come and ask you for money because it's unethical. You know, Brother McGee would have a fit, and he should. I can't come and ask you for money. But is there anyone here tonight that's just got so much money that they don't know what to do with it? That's what I thought. Same at my church. But does he not own the cattle of a thousand hills? And I'm going to go one step further because that's a little bland. If you've been serving God very long, you've got a financial miracle to talk about. You've got something that you had no idea how you was going to pay, but some way or another it got paid. I can guarantee you all I've got to do at my church is step up in the in the, congr- in, in the pulpit and say $266. And I guarantee everybody in my church is going to holler out, and a penny. I had a bill that I had to pay, $266 and a penny. I didn't have the money, we were evangelizing, I didn't have the money. I could have went and borrowed the money from my dad, from her dad. I could have done all of that. And they would have given it to me, and I would have never had to pay it back. They would have given it to me. I went to the bank, and I told, his name was James Smith. What a name for a banker. I told Mr. Smith, I said, I don't have the money. I don't know what to do. He said, man, you've been a good customer. He said, we'll work it out some way or another, but I've got to go and look at your account and make sure you don't have $15,000. Boy, I hope you find it. He come back in. He sat down, and he said, preacher, you've never lied to me until today. Well, look, there's some things that you and I can joke about but don't call me a liar Mm-mm. that's like when I was young if you talked ugly about my mama you got hit in the nose I don't do that anymore because I'm afraid somebody will hit me back I said what, what, what do you mean I lied to you I haven't lied to you there's no money in my account oh yes there is no there's not if there's money in my account it's because some check somewhere hadn't cleared he said I've looked at all of that And right now in your checking account is $266 and a penny. And I said, get that out of there right now and let me make this loan payment that I owe you before somebody figures out they've made a mistake. (laughs) To this day, I don't know where that $266 and a penny came from. I had one smart mouth come and say, I know where that money come from. That money come from the banker. The banker put that in there. He saw you didn't have any money and he put that $266 and a penny in your account. When's the last time you saw a banker put $266 in anybody's account? I don't care if the banker did do it. I don't care who did it. I still don't know who did it. I still don't know where it came from. All I can tell you is some way or another, if you'd put the $266 in there, I could have called pastor. I could have called bishop. I could have borrowed a penny from somebody. But my God is so great, and my God is so sufficient, and my God is so loving, and my God is so caring that not only did he give me the 266, he went all the way to 266 and a penny. That's the kind of God and now the devil says hey quit going to church don't worship tonight just, just occupy until he comes that's not what that scripture meant but just occupy no 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 you know what I'm going to do I'm going to give God my best I'm going to magnify him and praise him why because not only did my God give me the money he gave me the cent I'm not going anywhere no don't worry I'm not staying here I know some of y'all get worried. I'm not staying here. Y'all are coming with me. Okay. If you don't, I'm, I'm moving here. It's that simple. <sighs> Move. Satan will blow everything out of proportion. You know what he'll do? He will magnify himself to look bigger than he really is. Because here, here's what happened. I'm not going to preach it tonight because I'm, I'm, I'm just about done. Y'all come. I'm just about done. How many remembers when Jesus went into the wilderness? Fasted 40 days? Went to the wilderness? And the, and, and the devil said, hey, if you really are who you say you are, those stones make them Bread. If the Lord had wanted to, he could have made them bread. But that would have been yielded to the devil. And then he said, I'm going to put you up here on the pinnacle of the temple, and if you really are God, then cast yourself down. He could have done that. But here's what he said. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Let, 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 let the light come on. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Mr. Devil, if you will remember, I'm the one that said, You got to go. And you didn't want to go. You wanted to exalt yourself above me. But you wasn't able to because I was the one that had the power to cast you out. And today, I'm still your God. You still have to bow to what I say. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You've got to realize tonight, Satan will tell you every lie in the book. It was Satan that told me I didn't know what I was going to do about my 266 and a penny, but it wasn't God that said that, Uh, you know what God said, Uh, let me be your provider let me be your deliverer let me be your helper, let me go before you and make sure everything is well I'm closing tonight with this scripture Luke 10 and 19 You know it. You don't even have to look it up. You know it by heart. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And here's the part. And over all the power of the enemy. In other words, when he magnifies, God's bigger. When Satan exaggerates, God's bigger. Here's what I have found. How many knows that scripture? From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. His name is to be praised. The name of the Lord is to be praised. You know what I have decided on those days that I'm struggling to keep my head above water. I'm just going from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to exalt Him. I'm going to lift Him up. He's the only one that can help me. I always knew when we were evangelizing, I knew that help was a phone call away. Listen, I'm an only child. If my dad said no, my mama said yes. And my mama could whoop my daddy. Not physically, but verbally. So, well, that's what's wrong with him. Yeah, that's what's wrong with me. I'm an only child. but as much as I knew that I could call on mom or dad, or as much as I knew that I could call upon her mom or dad, there's going to be a day when mom and dad can't help you. And I'm just going to say this. You may be facing a financial situation. Thank God that the situation can be fixed with money. You may not have the money. But there's some things out there money can't fix. So if, if 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 it's just a financial issue, thank God it can be fixed with enough money, with a little bit of money. Always knew help was a phone call away. Always knew it didn't matter when we was out in California. Lord, I'm never going to California again unless the Lord tells me to. I knew all I had to do was call. 82502 8-2- 827 502- And if my parents was home, they was going to pick up the phone. And had I needed them to, my mama and daddy would have got on an airplane. And they would have flew to wherever I was. And whatever they had, whatever they had, it was mine if I needed it. Thanks, Mom. She's gone on. Did, did y'all know that I baptized her in Jesus' name? Did y'all know my mama come up out of the water and that water was run? She was mad at me because she wanted me to baptize her when nobody was there because she didn't want nobody to see her hair wet. Mom, if I'm not, if I'm, I'm, I think I'm right, that sounds like a little bit of vanity and a little bit of pride. So, no, I won't baptize you up here some night. You're going to be baptized in front of everybody. She had seven cans of hairspray on that hair. When I brought her up out of the water, there was not one hair out of place. Now, there was ugly oil stuff floating in the water. But that hair was right in place. When she came up out of the water, I can see it right now. That water is running off her face. That tongue's off. And she looked at me and I said, Mama, just let it go. Did you know my mama got the baptism of the Holy Ghost at 77 years old? That wasn't in my notes. They're just well, okay. So I'm gonna go ahead and tell you about my dad. What are you gonna do? Stay home tomorrow night? I got y'all. I've got y'all. Do y'all know the shepherds, brother, sister shepherd? Okay. He's preaching a revival at our church. He's preaching. The title of his sermon was, well, he may have preached it here, but it doesn't matter. The title of his sermon was, "Ask, Seek, Knock." I'm sitting up here on the platform. My dad's sitting right over in there. Now you got to understand, my dad is very proper. There's a lot of things I can't say in front of my dad. I can't say, well, sister so-and-so, she's pretty upset and she wore me out tonight. My dad will say, Get in the truck. Let's go get in the truck. We'll fix this right now. She doesn't have the right to talk to you that way. Come on. No, Dad, that's not the way it works. Well, it ought to. I'll give her peace of my mind and let her know she can just. No, dad, calm down. You gotta be careful. My dad's very proper. In the middle of Brother Shepherd's sermon, he gets up. I mean, my dad doesn't do that. He gets up, he's got his he's got his Bible open, and he's pointing to a scripture, and so help me, all I could think was, he's walking up here to ask me what this word is. That's, that's the thought I had. He walked up to the altar, threw his Bible down, and he said, I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm knocking, and I want it right now. No, I'm not done with the story. Finger. I'm not begging, I'm not going to plead. And, and I say this because this is what he said. I wouldn't say it. But he said, Shepherd said that I don't have to beg, that it's a gift. Now you understand, by now everybody in the church is looking at him. Brother Shepherd just said, Okay, I'm done. He said it was a gift. I'm asking. I'm seeking. I'm knocking. Give it to me. I have never seen. You gotta understand, my dad. We're not first generation. We were raised in a denominational church. I mean, when we got fired up at the church I went to, we sung "Blessed Assurance." I mean, if we broke into "Blessed Assurance," we was tearing up. We was we was kicking. My dad. Uh, uh, I think Brother Shepherd said. Uh, everybody calls him Pop brother Pop put your hands in the air and he put his hands in the air too hard because when his hands got up here he just kept going backwards now I don't know if y'all know what backwards is he was laying in the floor I've never seen my dad roll in the floor but he was rolling in the floor and he was speaking in a heavenly language as God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I baptized him. Lord have mercy. I baptized him. He was all I could do not to just let him stay underneath the water to get him back for all those times that he was mean. But I baptized him. I I brought him up and my dad got to do the jig. You got to understand my dad don't in the water and, 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 and he and he and he got the carn on now i'm gonna to listen to a devil that is exaggerating himself to me after god has brought my family in after god brought them out of a denominal situation and filled them with the holy ghost and now they believe in water baptism they've No, 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 no. I'm not going to listen to a liar. And I'm not going to listen to a magnifier. I'm not going to listen to an exaggerator. I'm going to put my confidence in Him. You've never let me down. You've never lost a battle. I'm going to keep on keeping on for 80 more years. Put your hands together. Come and join me around the front tonight. Come and join me around the front. And let's exalt the King. Exalt to Him. Oh, God, I'm honored tonight, Lord, to be in your presence. I'm honored tonight, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for all your blessings. Oh, God, thank you tonight, Jesus. Thank you you for listening.